0: You're listening to the Country Chat podcast with your host Dom. Subscribe, give a five star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat and stay up to date. Hi there! You're listening to the Country Chat podcast with me, Dom. Today I'm going back over stateside and I'm going to the lovely, 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 lovely Demi Michelle. Hi to me.
1: Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. And as we're recording this currently, it is the day before LA Will Wait For Me comes out. LA Will Wait For Me is my new single. And I'm super excited for that to come out tonight so, as we speak.
0: <laughs> so, for reference for everybody, we're speaking on the 11th of March, 2021. And the time is now 1941 in the UK. And obviously five hours back for Eastern, six for Central, etc., etc. So, like So like you just said, like you just said, LA will wait for me. That is, I, I've, I've just, just before we started now, that, I, was, I was a couple of minutes late coming onto to the actual call. And that's because I, I've been listening to LA will wait for me on repeat today. And oh my, it's got such, such a summery vibe.
1: It really does. I love it. It's super upbeat and country pop and super fun. So, that's LA will wait for me.
0: I mean, you you're in Pittsburgh. Have you been did you suffer bad with the snow that happened a couple of weeks ago?
1: You know, yeah, we get all the snow here. We were kind of snowed in for a couple of days. It was A big snowstorm. So, yeah, we get all the seasons here. And I kind of like that about Pittsburgh. I personally can get to the beach anytime I can go. But when I sit back and think about it, I like experiencing the snow and the rain and fall with the cool weather and seeing the different color leaves. So I kind of like getting all the seasons. But big snowstorms aren't my favorite.
0: You see, we get snow here in the UK and we just had some a couple of weeks ago and it i can i can imagine it's not as good as what you guys get in the in the north end of the U- US
1: yeah i mean i i'd gladly go somewhere where the snow isn't like a full season like i could handle snow for a couple days like maybe a month or so but having a whole winter where it's like always snowing and freezing it's not my favorite so
0: now, I've been watching... I've also watched the YouTube video that you released where you and the co-writer... Oh, I can't remember the name. I can't remember a name for the life of me. Oh, my memory has gone to pot. And Madison? Madison. Madison, that's it. And the way you described Ellie Will Wait For Me, you nail it. I mean... Just before, just at the end of that YouTube video, you say, just imagine, you know, the summery winds and the breezes and you so get that. You so get it.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important to kind of, when you release any song, to give the behind the lyrics, kind of look into it. And A leave Away For Me is the first song I'm releasing that I co-wrote with somebody else. And Madison is a good friend of mine. And I'm super excited that, we were able to do this song together. So when we started to come up with some ideas to get ready for the song, I was like, why don't we do a video where we talk about our experiences in California and what the song means to us. And I think it's really important for anybody right now to realize that even though the place that Madison and I are missing is California, that we all have places nowadays that we're missing that we can't wait to go back to. And even though the lyrics in the song are all about California, I hope that other people can find their special place within the lyrics that they're missing.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It really, really is awesome. And I've got to say, the tone of your voice and the way that you... I mean, Ellie will wait for me. I absolutely love the harmonies throughout it. I love the way that the electric guitar carries the song all the way through that really, really... not It's like a country poppy vibe, and it's just so so melodical
1: yeah yeah shout out to Luke my guitarist he's awesome I can play guitar to an extent but I'm not good enough to play on my own recordings so he absolutely killed it and it sounds awesome
0: what what's it been like in the U.S. regarding like performances gigs
1: Well, actually, I haven't done any live shows myself yet because my first single, Into Focus, came out a few months before COVID hit. So all the shows I was planning on doing in the summer of 2020 obviously got canceled. So I'm just waiting until I can perform. But right now in Pittsburgh, live music isn't really happening yet. So I'm just waiting until hopefully summer and fall because I'm going to be releasing an album this year. And by that point, I really hope that live music is happening again here so I can do shows.
0: Now, those who really pay attention to the start of the show, I, I we call you Demi instead of Demi. It's yep. Such, it's <laughs> such a it's really cute it's really it's different it's not the standard way thank of, you <laughs> you're saying what like you for example you said um before we even started the show it people seem to think it's Demi from like Demi Lovato right what like is is there a reason why your parents chose Demi or
1: no and it's really funny because Demi Moore pronounces her name the way I do yeah so everybody thinks that I was named after her and I wasn't. My parents just liked the name. And honestly, like, to be honest, when I was younger and like elementary school, especially, I got really like really upset when people said my name wrong. It was just like a personal thing, like, as a little girl, I was like, that's not my name. Like I was like really upset about it. And I got frustrated at times because I just wanted an ordinary name that everybody could just say because it's, you know, common. Um, but now that I'm getting into music, like Jamie Michelle is kind of a super unique name. And so I'm happy now. (laughs) Um, but it took me a while to realize like, It's okay. If somebody said it wrong, it's not the end of the world and I can just correct them. And I've done that with my professors. And it was so funny because I had this one professor who like loved me. Like I was like one of his favorite students in college. And like the first couple weeks of class, I like corrected him on how to say my name and he like got it right. And then a couple of weeks go by, he like started saying it wrong. And like, we were already like a month into the semester. So I was like, whatever, I'll just stick with it for the rest of the semester. Um, so yeah, but it doesn't really bother me really anymore. I just like to tell people, this is how you say it. And if you say it wrong, that's fine. That
0: that that must be it. Must have been so frustrating at the time when, you know, you you just want people to say at least say your name right. You know, you tell people once, and it should be you know, case of it should sink in, and people should realize then it's said this way, you know, and then just just for them to continuously just say it the wrong way, just ah, just so it must be so irritating.
1: Yeah, I mean, at times it is, and it's funny because somebody told me that the way I pronounce it is kind of French. So they're like, what if you put, like, the little mark over the eye? And I was like, no, I'm not French. (laughs) Um, So, no, but, yeah, it's just, it's, like, pronounced, like, it's weird, because it's pronounced the same, sort of, like, the vowel sounds are the same. You just put the stress on the second half of the word rather than the first half, so.
0: Yeah. No, it, it, it is really, it's a really cute name. Thank you. Now. Just before as well, we've, 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 we were chatting and getting to know each other. And people who listen to this must, must know that I'm a fan of Harry Potter. Now, it Huge helps. fan. It helps that I'm British <laughs> and we, we kind of get brought up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a 28-year-old. We were brought up on Harry Potter. They're all kind of like similar ages to us growing up. And I find out that you are as well.
1: Yep. Yeah, I'm twenty-three. So I technically grew up with like the cast, sort of. They're a little older than me, but grew up with the book releases like Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, wherever you want to call it. <laughs> um the, that um that one came out in nineteen ninety seven, which was the year I was born. Yeah. So I like to think I was born the same year that Harry Potter was born, which is pretty freaking cool. That's amazing. Um, but Yeah, but I actually didn't really get into the series until I was a senior in high school because I was that person who was super into reading, but I liked to read books that I discovered on my own because I like to be different. And because all of my friends were reading Harry Potter, I didn't want to read Harry Potter until I took this class senior year where we got to pick any book we wanted and do like a little creative project on it. And my friends talked me into reading Sorcerer's Down, which was like the best thing they could have done because that summer, like after I graduated, I read all the books, I watched all the movies. And then since then, I met a handful of the cast. I went to the Wizarding World in Hollywood and I run a Harry Potter podcast. So I'm a big fan.
0: What's the Harry Potter podcast called?
1: It is called The Half-Blood Princesses. <gasps> I'm gonna have to <laughs> <That'd be> great.
0: <laughs> See, right now, for those listening, I am just currently going on my Apple podcasts and I'm going to search and I'm gonna follow and I'm gonna subscribe and thank you. Half blood prince. Yeah, the
1: Half Blood Princesses, a Harry Potter podcast. Step aside, Severus Snape. The Half Blood Princesses are the real deal.
0: <laughs> and there we go. Subscribed. Thank you. That is awesome. I mean, I absolutely love it. And I, I don't know about you, but with Albus Dumbledore, I like to think of him as as death. You know, in the you know, in the elders. You know, part of the trilogy part of the oh, my memory is mm-hmm. on to pop uh you know with all the um your three brothers your percival brothers i think he i i i think he represents death because he's the one that brings all the stuff to like harry and all the other families as well the cloak and the wand and the and the stone resurrection stone
1: yeah so. Yeah, it's it's really, really fascinating. And um, Deathly Hallows is my favorite book in the series. Mm-hmm. And so I'm super fascinated by the Deathly Hallows and the whole thing that Dumbledore is a metaphor for death and that Harry is essentially living the tale of the three brothers, but in a different way because it's interesting too because when Harry, quote unquote, dies, when Voldemort kills him or tries to kill him at the end, when he sees Dumbledore in, like, Wizard Purgatory, whatever you want to call it, where he thinks it looks like King's Cross Station. Yeah. Um, he's technically, like, dead there. Dumbledore is dead, and they discuss the Hallows there, so it's kind of like a Full Circles thing, and super fascinated. I'm not going to go off anymore, because I can talk for, like, 50 days about <laughs> Harry Potter, but, <laughs> yeah, it's super interesting, and I love the Deathly Hallows. I wish I had an Invisibility Cloak.
0: You see, I, I, I kick myself so much because I had all the original books when they very first came out, uh, you know, with all what? the original covers and because I was young and because I was an idiot, I drew all over them and they...
1: Oh my God, why? I would have taken them for you.
0: I mean, now that you hear about some of the original books going for quite a lot of money, it's like, I, yeah. just, I wish I just didn't. I wish I... Ah, just frustrates me. Hindsight. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: I'd be oh. bummed out too. But anyhow. So yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> before as well, I was I was talking about um I was talking about my golden my golden snitch collection that I have, which I've got a I've got a chocolate egg snitch with wings and I've got a fidget spinner that's a golden snitch. I've got multiple wands here. I've got a Hermione Granger wand and I've got the I think I've got the Elder wand as well.
1: Oh, cool. I have Ginny's wand from I the movie. Ginny's. Oh. Yeah, I like it. It looks really cool. I have that. And then I'm a Hufflepuff. So I have like a Hufflepuff banner. I have Hufflepuff pajamas and pillows. And for Christmas, my friend got me a stuffed badger. Um, so I have like Harry Potter stuff everywhere. And I have a Deathly Hallows necklace. I
0: have, I, you see, I wanted to get the Deathly Hallows tattoo. You know, the triangle line and the circle. But I just haven't yeah. got it yet. It's something I want to do. I want one time.
1: too. But yeah. I'm scared. Like I've, I've been wanting to, I've had this idea for like ever because I, I do music and I'm also a writer. I'm getting my master's in writing popular fiction and I'm writing a young adult mystery novel. Um, so I like, I love music and writing and I'm a songwriter. So I thought it'd be really cool to get a tattoo that's like the treble clef. Oh yeah, but it's made out of a pencil. So like where it curves around at the bottom would be like the tip of the pencil and then inside it'd be the eraser. But I'm like terrified of like needles and like getting a tattoo because I have like no pain tolerance at all. So I don't know when, if I'd ever get my big break into the music industry, then I'll get the tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> thing is
0: though, you say when you get your big break, I'd say you've already, you're already killing it as it is. I mean, just reading some of the, you know reviews that you've had i mean fierce and fab here in the uk they've done quite a few reviews I already yeah i love
1: jess she's
0: awesome she really is she i love the way she writes and i love the way that she depicts songs and you know she did it you know she's done it for pretty much all your songs so far you know into focus your christmas song oh,
1: yeah i miss christmas yeah. Yep. I mean, it's Christmas too, but I'm releasing a country Christmas song this year. So I'll have that, and you have that to look forward to.
0: (laughs) So have you got some releases planned for Christmas coming up? Yeah, I do.
1: I have um, my country Christmas songs coming out for Christmas this year. I'll probably release it on Black Friday, like I did my other one last year. Um, But before that, I'm releasing um, a single in May and... My album in September, which are pop. I'm mainly a pop songwriter, but I've been getting into country. And before I started getting into country, I recorded a pop album. And throughout the last couple of months, I've been finishing up recording for it. So... May is going to be a pop single and then my album is pop. But one of the songs on the album I wrote like during my major country music phase. And so I ended up like rewriting the song. Like I previously wrote it like two years ago, but I ripped the song apart and like completely wrote a different melody. I kept the lyrics, but I changed the melody. I changed the key and everything. So the last song on the album is pop country. And I think that's really cool because the music that's going to be following the album is going to be more pop country music. So it's a nice kind of signal to anyone listening to the album that that's the kind of music that's coming.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, end of the day, you know, whether you're pop, whether you're country, whether you know, whatever you want to be, you know, it, it's about finding the ex- chance to express your your thoughts into words. And you know, if if it comes out as a pop song, then that's how those words come out. And you know, you never know in the future. You might, if you do go heavily into country, you might end up adding a bit of slide or adding a bit of you know, whatever you want to. Jazz it up into a country song Who knows
1: Yeah exactly Yeah and that's a really good point about Doing what's best for the song Basically Because Some of my pop songs I can't even imagine them country And the other way around Like I just recorded A couple country songs That I'm planning to put on an EP After the album and everything And I can't imagine them as pop songs So I feel like Nowadays, because there's so much blending of genres and how artists tend to jump back and forth just a little bit. I mean, look at Taylor Swift. She's a great example. Um, So I feel like as a songwriter, I don't want to define myself as I'm only a pop songwriter or I'm only a country songwriter because I think it's not only important to express the lyrics and the message of the song and the way it should be expressed, but also Writing different genres just helps you grow. Like different techniques and stylistic things that I do in my pop songs are different than in country. And by writing both genres, I'm growing as a songwriter and I'm learning new things and trying different things out. And I think that's really important.
0: Well, at the end of the day, you know, even, even if you can't hear country in a you know, really, really big pop sounding song, I mean, there's there's songs. I mean, like "Watermelon Sugar," Maddie and Taze just done a country version, and that's one song I didn't think I'd ever hear a country version of. And yeah. Easton Corbin did "Are You With Me," which was you know pretty much like a dancey song, and I didn't ever think that would be a country song, but it's re- it's done really well. So you know, yeah, with a, with a bit of a change of key or a change of tempo, a change of you know, just little tiny tweaks can really bring out a country element into songs. So who knows?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'd be really, really cool, now that you said that, to, like, record a song, both as a pop song and as a country song, and then, like, release them both at the same time, and see, like, how the two different songs kind of draw listeners, and kind of hit both, you know, both audiences with the same song, but this is the pop version, and this is the country version. I think that'd be really cool to do.
0: I mean, like, like we said a second ago, you know, it's about releasing your music in a format that you think suits that song best you know what does it the most Mm -hmm. justice whether it's going to be pop whether it's going to be country whether it's going to be even going into like rock or rap or you know what whichever line it goes down you know it's a it's about doing the song justice
1: right exactly and I think a lot of it has to do with production too like there's um one of my songs on the album that when I originally wrote it with just guitar and singing it it was super country. Yeah. But when I got into the studio, I envisioned that song as being super like poppy and fun. So that's the way we took the production. But when I initially wrote it and was singing it, it felt country, but it's just the way that the production was. So I think that plays a role too.
0: So what is it about country that you love?
1: Oh, man. Um... I honestly think that there's a magic in country that I don't really see in pop as much. And I think it's because country music is all about storytelling. And there's a lot of imagery and a lot of metaphors and really personal messages and relatable messages, and they tell a story. And I feel like that's one of the main reasons why I started to bridge into country a little bit. Because even my pop songs have that element to them Like there's a lot of imagery in it And they tell a story They're very personal to me And it's really funny because When I sent um, some of my lyrics to one of my friends A couple of months ago She was like, oh, I love these This is a country song, right? And I'm like, no, that's a pop song. And that's what got me thinking, like my lyrics do tend to have a country quality to them in the way i express the story myself. And so I think that's why I started doing more country music. And I find that I can be more vulnerable and open and real and raw in my in my country music more than my pop music. So I think that's really interesting. And it was kind of like a journey- discovery for me because I didn't really listen to country too much before, um, Kelsey released Homecoming Queen. When Kelsey Ballerini released that song, I literally cried and I really connected to it. And that was the first country song that I was like, I love this song. And then after that, I listened to her whole discography and started listening to other ones. And I realized that the country songs really spoke to me more than the pop ones did and so that's why I wanted to explore in my songwriting.
0: I mean that that there is the exact reason why a lot of people do particularly here in the UK you know we go to the country for those reasons for the way for the way songs are written for the way songs are produced and sounding and just the whole feel to a country song because it has a lot more emotion you know whether it is whether it is a heartbreak song or whether it is a, a love song or whether it's about family or where, whichever line that you go down with a storytelling and you nailed it with storytelling. Cause obviously with what you're doing as a, you know, as your degree, you know, it, 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 it fits, it, you know, it fits you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that a lot recently because I've been doing a ton of co too and writing my own songs and, through doing my masters, like and learning so much about story structure and how to, you know, make the message or in in terms of writing, it's a the theme, like the theme of the book or the theme of the story or whatever. Um, but songs have that too, and I've been starting to look at like my songs as, this is just a mini story. It's not a 300 page novel, but it's still a story. And in your verses, you got the details and the course, you got the theme or the message. So I've been kind of carrying my, my masters and what I'm learning there into my songwriting and it's given me a lot of focus and making sure that my songs do have that structure.
0: Yeah, no, that's completely right. I mean, you know, particularly with songs, you know, you've got a defined start, middle and end, you know, and obviously you've got your detail within the middle, you know, with your different bridges and choruses and any refrains. So it, the way it's structured is very similar to a book as well.
1: When you mentioned bridges, I got so excited. I love Bridges. Yeah. I literally love Bridges. I love them. And like I will literally go off on Twitter about how much I love Bridges. It's ridiculous. Like I I wrote a blog on my website called The Wonderful World of Bridges, where I literally spent a whole blog talking about why they're important and different ways to write them. And every single one of my songs had a bridge. And when the songs don't have bridges, I get kind of sad, but it's okay. But I am a huge bridge fan, like really big bridge fan.
0: (laughs) Now, going back to, we were talking about Harry Potter and books. You also like the Twilight series. No, mm-hmm. I absolutely I loved the Twilight series when it first when so it first good. came out as a book. You know, I was I was I was more of a fan of the books than I was the actual films. Um, mm-hmm. Admittedly, I mean, I like Rob Pattinson, but you know, it, it, the, yeah. book, the books themselves. You're allowed. What I love about books is the whole world you can escape into, and I find exactly. I, I just find myself going quite kind of crazy in the imagery, particularly when a book's mm-hmm. well-written. Right. And Twilight was one of those that did it for me.
1: Exactly, yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, Stephanie Meyer did fabulous with the imagery in that. What
0: what What is your favourite, other than Harry Potter, what is your favourite kind of like books or book series or...?
1: I love Sarah Shepard. She's a mystery author and she does thrillers. Um, she wrote Harry. Uh, she wrote Harry Potter. I'm still stuck on Harry Potter. Um, she wrote Pretty Little Liars. Oh. If you ever heard of that, it was like a big, yeah, big TV show. Yeah. Um. And she wrote another series called The Lying Game, which is young adult thriller. It's super good. Um, and I actually met her because she's, like, from Pittsburgh. Like, she's, like, from this area. And I didn't know this. And, like... I, there was this other author that, um, was a mentor at my master's program who lives in Pittsburgh, Rebecca Drake. And she did a couple little book pop-up talk things at bookstores around the area when she released a new book. And so I was like a super big fan of her and she's like super nice and supportive of me. So this was like before COVID. I, um, I, I went to see her at one of her things at Barnes & Noble. And I saw her post on Facebook like, hey, come see me at Barnes & Noble and Waterfront or whatever. And I was going for her. And at the time, I didn't know that other authors were going to be there. I thought it was just her. Yeah. And so literally the day before, the day before this event, I'm online and it says like, come for, like, Thriller Night, or I forget what the night was called. It was some kind of, like, name. And, like, spend time with these incredible authors. And there was, like, a list of four. And Sarah Shepard was one of them. And I kid you not, like, I started Googling to see if there was another Sarah Shepard who wrote books, because I was like, no way can this be, like, the Sarah Shepard. And it was. And it, like, was the coolest freaking thing ever because she inspired me to... Right, young adult mysteries, like she's my book inspiration um she's the author I look up to, and at the time, I started my grad program in June, and this event was in July, so it was literally a month after I started. And a couple days before I went, I got my first kind of critiques back from my mentor. Yeah. And because it was my first submission, there were like a lot of things. Like I had a lot of things I had to change. And then I really started to doubt myself and like thought I wasn't good enough to write a book and everything. And then I literally met Sarah at the perfect time because I like talked to her about it. And she was like, no, you got it. Like just keep pushing through it. And now I'm like, a chapter away from finishing revisions, oh. so it was like a really special moment for me to meet her and get her to sign one of my books. So yeah, that's a story.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I can't wait. Yeah, I, are, you, are, you going to, are you going to sell your books? Because I really want to copy.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I really, I really want to. Um, I am once I'm done with the revisions and I get my final grades and. Um, critiques from my mentors, which will probably be later this year. I graduate in January. Um, and then after that, after they gave me my critiques in the fall and I graduate, I am definitely going to start looking for an agent because as an artist, like as a songwriter, I'm an independent. So I do everything myself. And I'm sure you know, that's Really difficult to really manage yourself, do artwork, do the songs, get the studio time, everything. Like I have to do everything myself. And I cannot do that for a book. Like I need to be traditionally published for that because it's hard enough as a songwriter doing it. Like I couldn't devote, like I'm devoting so much time to my songwriting that I literally had an assignment due yesterday and I did it literally three hours before it was due. And that's not me. Like when I was in college, like I got stuff done like days before deadlines. And now because like, I'm finally putting my music first and getting interviews and like moving forward a bit, I want to focus on my music. And then I'm like, hold on a second. I'm still actually in school. I need to do my homework. I need to study. I need to read books. I need to like write my book. Um, So I started to like have that realization yesterday. Like, yeah, I'm actually still a student. Calm down to me. Um, so I feel like I I can't do, there's no way I could do both. I can't be an independently published author and an independent songwriter. So the goal is to get traditionally published, but the first step in that process is to get an agent. And then once I get an agent, then things tend to fall into place. I mean, the production process for books is, like, really long. Like, they say it can take up to 18 months from between when you sign a contract and when it hits the shelves. Um, But honestly, I don't care because... If I'm lucky enough to get an agent, take as much time as you need. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to be traditionally published. Let them do it all the right way so I can focus on my songwriting. And once you get, like, a contract, they want you to keep writing. Like, they want you to, like, keep writing books. And if they want that to be a series and you need to start that or they want you to do something else. So whatever the contract is. So I'm going to have to be focusing on that, too. So I really don't care if it takes eighteen months from the contract to want to hit shelves if I'm independent or if I'm traditionally published.
0: Yeah, no, I totally I, I, I totally understand, you know, the whole concept of, you know, the independent artist side, you know, because it is very, very difficult. So many
1: mm-hmm. so many
0: artists struggle. Um, but you, do, yeah. you know, the the great thing with being independent is you've got full control of everything. Right. You know, right. You, you can yeah. experience everything with it. Whereas when you become you know, becoming signed to a label as great as it is, because it, it genuinely is great. You do lose a little bit of like the control, like social medias and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, because I see myself more the songwriter than an artist, I think it's really important for me to be independent because I want to own my songs. I wrote them. Um, And this is something that Taylor Swift, you know, the whole situation she's going through right now with re-recording her songs, which I totally respect her decision because she's a songwriter of those songs. So she... I mean, I get the masters are different, but she wants to own her songs and as a songwriter myself, I completely understand. Um, so I feel like that's one of the main reasons why, even though it's so hard at times and sometimes I feel like I just want to give up on it. I don't because like, those are my songs. That's my story. And I want to be able to decide, do I want the song to be pop? Do I want to be country? When do I want to to be released like what do I want to do like on social media? like I' I'm, I've been talking to my graphic designer and we're doing some super fun lyric graphics to kind of highlight my lyrics. She's gonna make like show posters for me for like my sessions live shows and hopefully when I start doing like actual live shows. Um, so I like having that control and like developing my brand the way I want to rather than being signed to somebody who, Kind of creates a persona for me yeah. that doesn't accurately reflect me, and that's like really important for me as a songwriter too. Like show everybody, this is me. I'm behind literally everything I do, so there's no question about like who I am as a songwriter.
0: No, that's totally awesome. I mean, no, nobody, nobody kind of judges you for you know anything like that, and. I've got to say, you know, you talk about a like graphic designer. Who was it that did the handwritten lyric video for?
1: Oh, my friend Ellen. Ellen is actually a Harry Potter podcaster too. Oh yeah. Um, she's on the Just Keep Rolling podcast. Yeah, her podcast is called Just Keep Rolling. Um, and she actually like we she guested on my podcast. Her um, she and her co-host were on my podcast for our first episode, and then I didn't know that she did like like graphic design and like the video stuff. Like I had no idea because personally, like I can write a really good song, but when it comes to graphic design and videos, like I have no clue how any of that works. So I like found out, like I was just talking to her and she's like, yeah, I'm working on like this video, like for somebody. And I was like, wait, you do, you make videos? And she's like, yeah, I went to school for like graphic design. I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm like, no way. Like (sighs) can you make me a lyric video? And she's like, yeah, sure. Um, So Ellen did that for me and she's awesome. So yeah, I really, I really liked the Biggles' lyric video and I wanted to do something because I released that video on the one year anniversary of the song. Yeah. And so I like really wanted to do something, but I'm limited now, obviously, like with COVID of what I could do. And because like that song really resonated with a lot of people. I decided that I wanted to create something that wasn't just me, but involves like the special people in my life and fans that reached out saying that they really connected to the song. So I got all of those people to handwrite a line or the lyrics and then Ellen put it all together in the video.
0: That's awesome. That really is awesome. And just just to give another shout, just keep rolling. You know, just I'm
1: that's another one I'm gonna there we go, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really funny. They compare the books in the movies, and they're really funny,
0: see, I've just started running, and I like to listen to music and I like to listen to podcasts, and
1: yeah,
0: it's nice to have a variety, and uh, you know it's right. not just it's not just about it's not just about listening to just like music stuff, but I absolutely love listen to like books and stuff like that can't wait to can't wait to listen to that one yeah
1: yeah (laughs) yeah they're great they're really funny
0: okay so ellie will wait for me
1: yes out
0: tonight midnight each time zone just you must be so excited
1: I'm super excited. Madison and I just got off a Instagram live where we were like talking about California and getting all hype. Um, And yeah, I'm just really excited because to be honest, like before this, I was so uncomfortable in the industry. Um, like, especially with Into Focus and even my Christmas song, like I was still like super new and I had no clue what I was doing. And as I was talking about before with being an independent artist, like managing everything, like it was so much all at once. Like I'm lucky I even figured out how to release my own song and find somebody to make the artwork and find an amazing producer. Like that was like the main thing for me to like get a good product. And at the time, like Into Focus came out and the Christmas one, I was so burned out that like, I didn't even think of promotion like i didn't really contact anybody for interviews or reviews or anything and i kind of regret that now because those sons didn't really get that much you know coverage or interviews or whatever um they got a few but i just feel like i was so overwhelmed when i started that i couldn't handle it like i really couldn't yeah. and now like i just feel more confident and more you know i feel like i'm better for it now um and so i was like i'm gonna make it a point to try to promote this song and try to get interviews and reach out to people and i feel like it's happening like i've gotten quite a lot and i'm super happy because because i didn't get any for the first two as much or at all really um i like felt like i i couldn't i guess i felt like I wasn't good enough to get these. Um, and then I was like, you know what? That's just like a confidence problem and I need to get over it. And if I email somebody and they don't answer me, that's fine. I can shot somebody else and I'll take it personally. And it took me a while to get to that point. And I feel like once I started to believe in myself a little more and kind of just like shots that I'm proud of this song, I work really hard on it and I want people to hear it. So... I in myself this time and I'm really happy. So I'm super, super excited for this song to come out. I hope people like it. And yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited too, because this is my first release in the country genre. And that's really exciting for me too. So it's all super exciting.
0: You see, you shouldn't, you shouldn't worry about whether people respond or not, because I mean, I do it all the time. I, I, I email so many people a day, and the majority of the time, I'd say a good eighty to ninety percent of people do not respond back. And <gasps> oh. it, 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 you get used to it. You, you know, it's about keep shooting your shot, and you know, just eventually something will stick, and somebody will pick it up. And next thing you know, another person picks it up, and it's just you just got to keep fighting. Don't ever feel yeah,
1: like exactly. Not good enough. Yeah, um, and I think too, I notice like. The country community is amazing. And I honestly thought that since I was more of a pop songwriter, I was like, they're not going to really accept me because I'm not, you know, one of them. Um, And I realized really fast how wrong I was because country music fans are what pop fans aren't. And I'm just like being honest about that because literally like, 95% of the country music fans and podcasters and reviewers I talk to are so nice. They don't care that this is my first country song. They don't care that I'm just starting out. They're just excited about the song because they love country music and they want to talk to me. And that's awesome. And that's something that I don't really see as much in the pop world. And I think it's because like pop music is, there's a lot of competition and I personally don't like that kind of vibe, but if I'm yeah. going to write pop music, that's something I have to deal with. But I just, I'm super, I'm super grateful for the country community for embracing me and letting me be a part of it. Um, and I just hope that when I, when I start releasing my pop music this year, that I get a similar response and I get some kind of interview or whatever from like the pop community, because in the past, like, I I mean, I haven't really tried. And I think that's one of the reasons too, is like, I see my friends who are pop artists, um, pop artists trying and they haven't really gotten super success. And I feel like that discouraged me. I'm like, I'm just starting out. I don't have anything like the pop music world is just so competitive and, toxic at times and i don't want to deal with that so i feel like that's another reason why i didn't really try to promote myself before but i feel like after this song and seeing the response that i'm getting now i feel more comfortable and i feel like i'm finally going to start reaching out to them when that single comes out in may and my album later in the year and just hope for the best and not really take it personally, as I said before, because that's what I did in the past. So I feel like now I can just look at it as, hey, I'm taking a chance. And if this person doesn't do it, maybe somebody else will. Um, and I'm just gonna wait until that happens.
0: Exactly, just keep keep fighting because, I mean, take me for example, I, was gonna, I wasn't gonna carry on doing this after a couple of months because I just felt I had imposter syndrome. Where you feel like you're doing something you shouldn't do it, and you know, I'm so glad you 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 keep going. You just keep going. You you fight through it. It, It's such a mental mental health is such a crazy thing because it affects Uh everybody in different ways, and it's not just it's not just about like depression and stuff like that. It's about things like anxiety, and you can be Mm -hmm. very anxious about the way that you're perceived in different circles or cliques. And like you say, with the with the country community, you know, we love music. Right. That's it. You know, there's no, there's no competitiveness. There's no, country fans pretty much like a lot of genres. It's not just I listen to pop. That's it. I listen to rock. That's (laughs) it. I, I listen from everything from country to pop to to indie alternative music here in the UK to screamo to opera to classic to every, yeah such a wide range mm-hmm. right and we we do the main thing is particularly us as like podcasters is we just love the music and we love particularly me i love the stories behind the music and the build-up for an artist how they go through life getting to that point
1: yeah
0: What, yeah. Was
1: it, what i was it, don't know that's that's
0: great what was it that got you into music to begin with then going from
1: that Uh, yeah so when I was 10 years old I started piano and then in middle school I joined choir and then in high school I started voice lessons and now like all at this time I was just doing it for fun because all my friends were singers so I wanted to join choirs so I can like see them in choir and like hang out and stuff so that's like the reason why I started choir, but piano, I've always had, like, a gift for piano. That's my main instrument. Yeah. And when I was in college, that was, like, my study of focus for um, my music degree. Um, I focused on piano. So, that was all just, like, for my passion of music and being good at piano and wanting to sing. So, I didn't really think about being a songwriter until much later. Um, when I started college, I was originally a music therapy major. And then I ended up switching to just a music BA and adding my creative writing major. So I ended up double majoring. But before I switched, when I was a music therapy major, we all had to learn the guitar because it's such an easy instrument to take anywhere. If you go into a session, you can't take a piano with you. You can take a keyboard, but keyboards are Quite hard to carry around. Yeah. So it's just so much easier to take a guitar and I've never played guitar before that. Um, and so I feel like once I learned guitar, then I started doing open mics because again, I wasn't going to bring my keyboard on campus to play something for like three minutes and then go. Um, so then I started doing open mics and then honestly, like what got me into songwriting was, um, you know, Joy Michaels. Yeah. I love Julia. She's my biggest inspiration. And when yep. she released Issues, I was like, I want to be like Julia. And so then I started songwriting. And to be honest, like back to my confidence issues, like when I started songwriting, I told literally no one. Like I would stay up super late in my room or I would do it when no one else was home. Mm-hmm. And I would like play around with GarageBand and like not tell anybody <laughs> at least for a year like at least for a year, I didn't tell anybody that I was doing this. And then, because I was like, I I don't know if I'm good enough. Like what if my songs suck? Like, I don't know. I know nothing about this. Um, and so into focus was one of the songs that I wrote during that kind of phase. And then I, you know, gained the confidence to show it to a couple of friends just, like, a super crappy recording of me, like, playing piano and singing on my phone. And they were, like, this is, like, really good. Why don't you record music? And, like, until that point, it never crossed my mind to, like, actually record. Yeah. And so... I kind of went through a round of trying to find a good producer. I had two previous and one I have now that didn't work out very well. Um, but the producer I'm with now, Bob, is incredible. Love him. He's great. Um, and so we did Into Focus as the first single because that song kind of gave me the confidence and was my kind of green light that, you know, I can be a songwriter. Yeah. Um, So that's how I got started. But back to Julia, um, I met her, too. <laughs>
0: Who haven't you met?
1: <laughs> uh, so I met her too. And she opened for Maroon 5 on tour um, a couple years ago. I got meet and greet before this show and I legit burst into tears. And it's crazy because like I knew who she was even before she released issues, just because she's such an amazing songwriter. And we follow each other on Twitter and we have for like ever, like even before she became like well known. Yeah. So she like recognized me from my profile picture. Cause when I went in, she was like, hey, you're Jamie, aren't you? And I was like, did you literally just call me by name? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was insane. And I literally cried. So, yeah, she's awesome. But I literally love meeting my favorite singers. I met Shawn Mendes three times. And, Again, another um, one. <laughs> um, I met um, Sabrina Carpenter and Dea, who is a Pittsburgh artist. And I met... um, I was so neat... There's somebody I'm missing. Somebody big I'm missing. I can't think of it right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I keep forgetting. <laughs> but I'm at I'm at a lot, so I love it.
0: Now, reading your just I've got your bio in front of me, your EPK. Now, mm-hmm. the Christmas song was yeah. played during part two of Voice of a Woman Christmas Special on Claire Morris Community Radio in Ireland.
1: Yeah. Super cool. I love Linda. Linda, um, if you know her, she's the one who does voice of a woman. Um, she's awesome. And again, back to Jess, who does fierce and fabulous. She's the one who told me, Hey, Linda's doing a Christmas special. Why don't you send your song? And like I said before, like this was still during my, I'm not good enough phase. And so I was like, I don't know, Jess. And she's like, no, like your song's really good. Send it to Linda. So I sent it to Linda and she's like, Hey, I'm going to play this in part two of the Christmas special. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's so cool. Like in Ireland OS. That's so cool. And that's the first, that's the first time that one of my songs got played on a, a radio station. So that was like super special for me. Um, but yeah, that was awesome. And again, shout out to Jess. She is a gem.
0: Yeah, I'd... me and Linda are actually really, really close friends.
1: Really? Yay! She's awesome! I was actually just uh, talking to her last week. I did an Instagram Live with her last Friday, and it was really fun.
0: Okay, so one of the questions that Linda, Linda will probably expect to hear from me in particular, for yourself, is we, we, we like food, do me and Linda. We like food. We like pizza.
1: Me too.
0: Now, obviously what you say next is going to affect how me and Linda view you from now on. Are you ready? Oh. You,
1: can,
0: you, can you guess what the question is going to be?
1: Do you like pineapple on pizza?
0: Do you like pineapple on pizza?
1: I don't like anything on pizza. Not even pepperoni.
0: You don't like anything?
1: Nope, I like it plain. Just
0: cheese and sauce. Ah, fair enough. No, I I don't mind that. I mean, me me and Linda, <laughs> me and Linda absolutely love pineapple on pizza. Oh. <laughs> absolutely adore and we've, we've, we we oh, we also man. usually ask the UK artists another question, but you won't understand what these are. Now, <laughs> here in the UK, we've got this biscuit, uh, this, uh, like a cookie. Uh, we call cookies biscuits here in the UK.
1: Yeah, M- Professor McGonagall said that to Harry in one of the Harry Potter books. Now, there's... <laughs> the sign of my slang. <laughs>
0: there's There's a product here called a Jaffa Cake in the uk and one, oh, of the question, one of the questions is is this a cake or a biscuit now i've not actually, this is what the packaging looks like now i've not opened it yet i've had this since christmas i've actually got, <laughs> i've actually got four different flavors here i'm going to open it up just to show you what they look like Hopefully it's a clear packet.
1: So a biscuit is just like a regular cookie.
0: It's like a cookie, but people don't know whether these are cookies or whether they are cakes. Now this is what they look like in real life. And that bottom bit there is a cake. It's like a spongy cake kind of thing. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to take it out of the packet before it make it go stale. <laughs> and on top of it, I don't, oh, I'm trying to get it so you can see, but there's like a chocolate layer that's all over the top. And then underneath the chocolate, there is like a jelly, like a orange-flavored jelly. Yeah. And the question we like to I would ask.
1: definitely call that... Yeah, I definitely call that more the cake. Because like over here, cookies are like, like just flat. Like they're not really dimensional. They're just kind of like chocolate chip cookies are just like yeah. chocolate batter with like chocolate chips in them. So that, obviously that's like a mini cake. Mini cakes? <laughs>
0: Me, me, and Linda like to. That's call a mini them, cake. Me and Linda like to call them mini jaffa, uh, jaffa nuggets because it's not quite a cake <laughs> and it's not quite a biscuit. It's, yeah, it's not
1: really. A, I don't know what we called them over here.
0: But yeah, um, <laughs> I'm. I'm still waiting for another artist. Uh, an artist called Kyle Elliott. He's due to send me some moon pies, and I've never had moon pies. What
1: are those?
0: I've, I don't know. I think it's supposed to be like some gooey, gooey goodness. i I actually, I don't know. Oh. I'm gonna have to Google it. Uh, moon pack. <laughs> oh,
1: learning so many things today.
0: That's what a moon pack. That looks like a wagon wheel. A what? Uh, there's, there's, there's a biscuit. There's a cookie here in the UK called a wagon wheel. And what it is, it's like, a la- it's like two layers of biscuit. And in between the biscuit is like a marshmallow center.
1: Oh, that's kind of like an Oreo, but different.
0: But with like marshmallow inside Ooh. it instead. That's a, that's a moon pie.
1: Oh, that's cool. Oh, cool. Oh, I'd be down to have one of those.
0: So, yeah, um, I'm waiting for some of them to be sent to me. I, just, I can't wait. To <laughs> oh, so, so yeah, that, that's me and Linda down to a T. Oh, but, yeah, she's absolutely lovely. She does so much for radio in Ireland and for women in country music. She really, really helps create a platform to take away the gender segregation you know to give women a fair shot in country music right she does such an amazing amazing job she really is a lovely lovely down-to-earth human being
1: yeah i really like her a lot she's great and she's the first one to ever play one of my original songs on the radio so i will always appreciate her for that
0: Oh, don't worry. I'll be playing your songs. <laughs> <laughs> she
1: was first.
0: she She'll always have that title. Linda, right? you've got one up on me. I love you, <laughs> but you've got one. I'll, I'll give you this one. So you talk about wanting to come to the UK to see like Harry Potter world, you know, the Harry Potter studios here in the UK hopefully when you do start actually performing, we get to see some of your performances here in the UK as well.
1: I would love to perform in the UK. That would be awesome. I can go to the Warner Brothers studio tour and then I can do a show and then I can go to all the filming sites and then do a show. It'd be really cool. I've never been to the UK. I've never really been out of the country. I've been to a couple of the Caribbean islands, um, but... I haven't been to another country, so I think it'd be really cool.
0: You definitely, definitely need to come. I mean, even just to go to King's Cross Station, they've got a... I know! They've got like a wall that's dedicated to... Yeah.
1: Platform 9 3 quarters. Yeah.
0: So that's so cool. You need to You need to come. Hopefully, the I UK know. opens its borders very soon. I don't know what travel is like coming to the UK, because... Obviously, we're currently in lockdown at the moment and we're talking about opening up very, very soon. You know, actually being able to go out and see family and stuff. So, yeah. fingers crossed that
1: suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just waiting for my vaccine and then once I get the vaccine, then I am going everywhere. I haven't been out to dinner since it started. Like, since last March, I haven't been to a restaurant. I haven't Like, either. I literally... The only place I go is the studio. And my studio was closed for a while, like when COVID started. Yeah. And my studio opened up last July. And like, it's like fine, cause it's just me my producer and occasionally my guitarist. And we wear masks um, I obviously take it off when I do vocals, but you know, like we're all careful about it. Um, but that's literally the only place I've gone in over a year.
0: That, that's crazy i mean the only place that i've really been in the past year or so is just work i mean i work as an engineer full time you know mm. that, that's what pays the bills and yeah. this is what i do in my own time and you know it, it it's that's the only kind of escapism i've got and a lot of people right. in the uk have got you know it's just to go to work if they can go to work because a lot right. of people yeah. a lot of people here aren't allowed to go to work because it's deemed not necessary. So they've been been asked to work from home. So, but because I'm an engineer, I can't work, I can't take machines home with me. So it's,
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's it's difficult. Yeah, it's been crazy. And honestly, like, I think songwriting is what kept me sane this past year because, I have not been bored period like from school, like my, my school is online, but that's just how the program is. Like it's an online program. So that, that didn't change. But the only thing that kind of stinks is that we have residencies on campus that have been online for the past two fingers crossed June is on campus, but it's still up in the air. We don't know yet, but from writing my book, from doing homework, from doing the Harry Potter podcast, songwriting doing zoom co-writes and going to the studio like i've been super busy so i haven't really had any free time to just sit there and think of like wow i literally have not left my house to go anywhere other than a studio in a year yeah um and it hasn't really affected me terribly i'm sure there's like yeah there's definitely times where i like like sadness tits and i'm like oh crap i just want to go somewhere already (laughs) but i always have like something to keep my mind occupied and something fun to do so like i can pass the time and like have fun doing it rather than just sitting in my room for 12 hours like staring at a wall like i always have stuff i can be doing
0: that's awesome now i forgot to ask earlier what is the name of the book that you're writing as part of your masters?
1: That's a really good question. I don't have a name for it yet. You don't have a name for it yet? <laughs> no, I don't. And, like, the thing is, like, I am, like, the most indecisive person. <laughs> and it's funny saying that because, because I'm so indecisive, I literally started writing a song a couple of weeks ago called Indecisive because that's literally me. Um, And so... Yeah. I like, even like for my album, like it took me forever to name my album. Um, songs are easy because it's literally just whatever the hook is. Um, but like a book, like I have no clue. And like <laughs> what I've heard a lot too is like, if you're traditionally published, oftentimes the publisher picks the title. You don't.
0: Really? That's...
1: Yes. That's so I mean. honestly, that's fine with me. I can't pick my own title. I'd have like, the book would never be published because I'd have like five titles and I keep bouncing back and forth. But um, I do need to come up with like a tentative title soon because when I do my big thesis presentation in January, it has to have a name. So I'm going to have to start asking my mentors and critique partners if they have any suggestions because currently I got none.
0: I cannot. Hopefully, hopefully you get it published soon. If not, I I want at least the transcripts of it.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll send you a copy.
0: That'd be me. Tell you what, if you want to send me a copy, you know when you've got it pretty much close to done, and I'll I'll help with titling. I'll I'll give suggestions.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, sure. Once I finish the revisions, which is going to be super soon, so like later this year, I'll I'll definitely send you the manuscript if you want. That'd be awesome. Sweet.
0: So yeah. LA will wait It's out tonight Midnight In each time zone So I get it Five hours before The US
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait yeah. And Yeah I mean you can't
1: wait for LA will wait for me That's a pun You said I can't wait This song's called LA will wait for me Can't wait for LA will wait for me You
0: see Just such a You know I'm such a comic I just don't even realise it But yeah, I mean, we've also got the half Love Princesses, which is your podcast. The Wonderful World of Bridges, which is your blog. Your friend has a podcast called Just Keep Rolling, as in in JK Rowling. (laughs) And LA Will Wait. And obviously you've still got Into Focus and All I Want This Christmas Out Already. People really need to check you out.
1: Yes, come listen to me. I will love you forever if you listen to my music.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: It really has. Like, literally, like, when I saw your DM, I got so excited because I, like, emailed so many people, like, a while ago that I kind of forgot who I emailed. And I remember that you were one of them. And I was like, I really want to talk to Dom. I really want to talk to Dom. And then, like, I, like, tweeted earlier. You saw, like, I'm like, I'm I'm completely swamped this week. And then you DM me, like, Hey, I saw you're swan, but I was going to ask you for an interview. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. we're good. I'm not swan. Like, we can do an interview. Let's still do an interview.
0: I mean, I've got to say that that's the best reaction I've ever had to somebody <laughs> replying to me, you know, me getting out and getting into touch. I absolutely, absolutely loved it. It was brilliant. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now, where can people find you on social media? I'm beaming here. I'm really. My jaw's hurt from smiling.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, so you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at Demi M. Schwartz, and I have a YouTube channel, Demi Michelle, where I do weekly covers. And I also have an official website, which is DemiMSchwartz.com, where you can keep up with all my music. There is a sign-up form on the homepage. If anybody wants to subscribe to my email list, I send out fun emails every couple of weeks with updates and exclusive information that my email subscribers get first. Um, and then I also run a blog on my website as well. So lots of things. So I'd love to connect with you
0: so people check it out 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 thank you thank you thank you for coming on
1: <laughs> thank you this has been so much fun
0: that was the country chat podcast
1: join dom next
0: time for exclusive interviews reviews and general chit chats on all things country music